Hello and welcome to Over the Mountain Podcast. I'm Spencer here, uh, and today I'm going to be joined by my, one of my fellow staff members, Josh. Good morning. How are you today? I'm good. How are you doing? Uh, it's good. It's good to be on the podcast. Um, for those of you watching, this is the first episode that we've ever recorded. It may or may not be the first episode to come out, but uh, yeah, so th- this podcast is going to be me talking with uh, staff members, people around the church, and uh, just trying to have a good time and talk about stuff going on in the church or other questions. Um, but today I'm here with Josh, and uh, one thing that I've always uh, admired about you, Josh, is your, I feel like your story is very cool about um, well, thank you. How, how you got to be in the position that you are in today as our youth pastor. And um, I just wanted to talk to you and uh, just talk to you about your story and how you got to be here at Mountain View as a youth pastor and you can start wherever you want and I'll probably interrupt you at times to ask you questions. Yeah. Interrupt. That's completely, yeah, yeah, that's yeah. completely okay. Well, it was a, it was a stormy Wednesday night. Yeah. I'm just kidding. I won't start with um, my birth. Um, <laughs> I was born in a very young age. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody wants to hear that part of it. Um, but no, do uh, you want me to start with um, talking about how I became a Christian? Yeah. Yeah. That'd be and great. Kind of lead into that. Okay. Um, well, I grew up around the church, uh, we were not going to church every Sunday, uh, just lived with my mom, and so we, we just didn't make it. She worked multiple jobs, so it just didn't work that we could, you know, be at church every single Sunday, but we were uh, the holiday uh, people. You yeah, know, I call those the CEOs. The CEOs. Oh, the, yeah. The Christmas Easter onlys. I gotcha, yeah. We were can a little— we put, Can we put that on, on the podcast? I don't see why not. Okay. Um, but, yeah, we were, we, were, we were a little above CEO because I, I did go to some other stuff. Okay. Um, but my uh, grandfather it was, is a, was a preacher. He has passed away since, um, but he was a Southern Baptist preacher um, for many years. And so anytime we were around them, we were, you know, around God and around, you know, the church and around God's word because he implemented it in a lot of what he did. Yeah. And I remember being young and um, even before I was saved, spending time with my grandfather, especially on the golf course, um, him sharing stories and sharing the gospel and sharing who Jesus was with me. He was very much the the male positive influence in my mm-hmm. life. Um, and so before I got saved, I would have told you um, that I was saved. Um, and I can remember being, you know, 11, 12, 13 or so and saying the prayer. Yeah. You know, because they do that at church a lot. Say this prayer um, and, and be saved and not really fully knowing w- what I was doing. But just doing what I was told. Yeah, I, de- I, I think I feel like I was in the same boat too. I definitely did that around like the seven or eight mark when you know all your other friends are saying the prayer and all your other friends are getting saved and getting baptized, getting baptized, and you you know you you think you're you're like doing exactly what you're supposed to be doing, but you're not really living how you're supposed to be. So I, I yeah. definitely feel that. Yeah, I just didn't I didn't understand it. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I could have told you some stories. I could have told you who Jesus was. I could have told you what Jesus did. Told you about Easter. All all that I had the knowledge. I just didn't have a relationship. Yeah. And I think that's that's what's key um, in being saved and being a believer. Um, and so, you know, leading up to me being saved, I went through high school, ended up at community college. Um, and I, I was a sophomore. I was finishing up my associate's degree. And one of my mom's friends invited us to their Easter service and said, hey, y'all come to Easter service and we, you know, we'll have you guys over for dinner afterwards. And, of course, mom being a single parent, she's just like, 
yeah, free meal, free food. <laughs> you know, we weren't afraid of church. I mean, that was that wasn't anything at all. Like going to church wasn't a problem or a hesitation. Mm-hmm. You know, I remember doing Boy Scouts and we'd meet at the church. Like there was never no fear of the church or of Jesus or any hatred or anything like that. That I like I said, I just I I knew about God. I just didn't know Him personally. Mm-hmm. That relationship status, um, you know, wasn't where it needed to be. So here was nineteen at Easter service. We were late, <laughs> um, like good Baptist, and this wasn't a Baptist church, but I remember showing up late, and we sat in the very last row, pretty much backseat Baptist, right by the right by the door. Um, me and my mom, and um, they did a little thing for the kids, and then I remember the pastor coming out, um, and as he began to speak, and it wasn't a really long sermon, which really fits me because I'm ADHD. I don't like long sermons. Yeah. So when I preach on Sunday mornings and, and do youth group and stuff, I, I do it to my attention span. Um, and so, uh, so it's usually sort to the point and, and, and sweet and things like that. But uh, so he starts to preach. And I remember as he's preaching, and he preached only on one verse, and I'll get to that in a second. But as he's preaching, I remember they basically had a skit going on while he was preaching. Whoa. And so while he's preaching, they have this big nice white pearly looking gate on the stage and this this man's portraying jesus and people out of the audience would get up and they would walk up on the stage and jesus would either welcome them and then the gate would open and they'd walk through like it represented them walking into heaven like he knew them and that was one of the things he talked about with his messages is your name in the in the lord's book of the lamb and then some people walk up and he would turn their back as to say i don't know you and the stage floor would open up, and there were some, like, red lights. And wow. They, <laughs> and then they would walk down into the Jeez. stage. Um, so it was, a, it, it was a very good representation of that moment, you know, of, of what's going to happen after we take our last breath. Like, there's going to be a moment where, you know, we're welcomed or we're not. Yeah. You know, we're going to spend eternity in two places. And it very, you know, at 19 years old, that really popped for me like that really hit a point um and hit a nerve and as he's preaching he's preaching romans six twenty three, which says for the wages of sin is death but the gift of god is eternal life through jesus christ our lord and he went and i loved it because he he went through and he explained each part of it he explained what a wage was he explained what sin was he explained what death was mm-hmm. you know he explained each little intricate point um and in that moment i realized that what Jesus did for me was not something cool. You know, it wasn't just a favor. Yeah. You know, what he did for me was a necessity. Mm-hmm. Um, what I realized in that moment was is that I couldn't do it myself, that I needed a Savior. And I think that's what triggered for me in that moment. And I sat in the back of that church, and I asked uh, God to forgive me. I asked him to be the Lord of my life. And in that moment, I did exactly what the Bible instructs us to do, which is to believe and confess. Mm-hmm. And and so from that moment forward, I was saved. I knew I was saved. Um, but I, as I said, I was finishing finishing my associate's degree at Gaston College, and I knew I was going to Western Carolina. Yeah, I knew I was going to probably do sports management or sports medicine. Those were my two interests. Um, so gotten saved. Still wasn't really interested or didn't really have a home church per se. Was still kind of doing the same things. You know, but I, I did have that recognition and the conviction in my heart that I knew of the decision that I had made. 
Um, and so I hadn't been baptized or anything like that because I didn't have a home church. That came much later in life. Uh, but it was really cool. Like I, I went through the summer. We visited Western, ended up deciding to go with Parks and Recreation Management. Wow. So we went up, we visited, and at school they had a bunch of people set up, like all the programs were set up so you could visit their tables. Mm -hmm. And like I said, I was pretty settled on sports management or sports medicine. I liked both. Um, but I went and talked to the Parks and Rec guy, and they talked to us about like local recreation, working with students, which piqued my interest. Because yeah. um, I've always enjoyed working with kids and things like that. Um, and so I ended up deciding to change my major, which is interesting because I was going in as a junior, so I was going directly into the degree program. Yeah. And so that was kind of a big step for me to say, I want to drop what I had in mind and say I'm going to go in this direction. Um, and so get everything lined up. My mind said I'm going to Western, and I remember even telling my friends, yeah, I'm probably going to join a fraternity, hang out. I knew I wasn't going to be a big partier. Um, my family has some history with alcoholism, and so I knew that I wanted to kind of stay away from that portion because it just wasn't healthy. Yeah. And so, but I knew I was like, okay, there was, I know there's good fraternities and there's party fraternities. You know, like Absolutely. I won't call them bad ones, but yeah. there's definitely the ones that tend to, to party more than other ones. But I figured I'd, I, you know, that would kind of be my social setting would be to find a fraternity that I liked, join it, make friends, meet girls. You know, I was definitely excited to as, to... as all college boys want to do. Yeah, well, I had come out of high school. I was uh, kind of... I wasn't super short, but I was 5'6". Oh, okay. And so, like, the first year out of high school, I grew six inches and lost a bunch of weight. And Dang so, God. Um, my confidence was a lot higher. <laughs> yeah, I would and say so. so. But, uh, yeah, so girls was definitely a priority at, yeah. at 19 years old. and uh, But God knew what he was doing. He knew what I needed, and he knew to line up the right people and it was really cool to look back on now because in the time everything was just moving so fast yeah and I didn't really see it so much as God moving but just kind of it just lined up that way but had a had a good roommate that was a believer mm -hmm. um unfortunately he didn't stay at Western but a year year but he was a great roommate loved Jason he was a great guy um but the interesting part that God had really lined up not just him being my roommate and having a you know a Christian roommate but was another guy on our in our building. He was involved with a campus ministry called Campus Outreach. His name was Marcus Branch. And he helped move my roommate up in the day before I got there earlier that day. Um, and he had come up and invited us to come and hang out, um, be around the campus outreach event that they had put together, basically to play some games and then go out to eat. Mm. Um, and so uh, Mark, we didn't call him Marcus, we called him Branch. Branch came up started investing in me and asking me if I wanted to do a Bible study, which is something I had never done. Yeah. And so we started doing a Bible study together. You know, like I said, it was all kind of a new concept to me to sit down and not just, just read it and go on or listen to a pastor yeah. or be in a Sunday school class, but to, to really sit down and focus on what it says and look for application. Yeah, I, I feel like it's a whole different thing to like really like sit down and be like, okay, what does this mean to me? And not just like, what is someone going to tell me it means? Yeah. And I know that the first time that I, I really like, we had, we had a college and the, my home church, when I grew up, we had a college ministry that we, you know, when I first went to college, we did that. And it was really the first time that I had like really just sat down and did that as well. So I can kind of, yeah, it, it's, it's very different. And it's, I feel like it's a lot, the first couple of times you do it, you're sitting there and you're like, okay, well, like, what would a pastor tell me this means? Yeah. 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 You want to get it right. Like, yeah. that's the whole, yeah, yeah, yeah. the whole idea there is, is like, especially I remember being young Christians, like there was, it was either I was doing it really well or I was doing it really bad. 
Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, I remember having a lot of conviction about I'm either failing this miserably or, man, I'm doing pretty good. You know, like yeah. um, there there was no middle ground <laughs> at the time. But uh, think, think very thankful for, for Branch investing, um, which he was, you know, stayed on me to do things like that and invited me to go to conferences. And I remember going to a conference in Atlanta with Campus Outreach and even did um, a summer program with them where we went to Myrtle Beach, uh, like over 100 students Wow! at Myrtle Beach in the same um, hotel area. You're the people that the tourists hate. Yes, um, <laughs> but we're also the people that make all of their weeks go by because we're the ones that come in and serve. Yeah. Um, at the yeah. at the places that they go to the the restaurants the stores, so we you know I remember friends working at like you know shoe stores, restaurants. I worked at a grocery store. I worked in the deli. Okay. And I learned how to write stuff on the um, cakes and stuff. So they'd come in and they'd want like a birthday cake. Okay. Or something written on the cookie, and so yeah. I learned I learned how to do that pretty good. Um, and so that was my job for the summer. But I loved it because not only were we working and encouraged to like share our faith with those people that we were working with, mm-hmm. um, we were learning. So we were doing Bible study, um, training every week, evangelism training, prayer training. Like it was just, it was a summer filled with a pursuit of God. Yeah, um, that's awesome. Which was, it was really good um, for me, especially coming in with the mindset that I'm just, I'm still here for myself and still having that selfish mentality. Um, you know, coming into my first year of Western um, and then doing that during the summer and then having my senior year where I've got to help lead, um, you know, a small group, a discipleship group, Bible study a little bit um, and just enjoying that portion of it too. Um, But then I graduated from Western and it was interesting because at Western with Campus Outreach, Campus Outreach is tied to um, a church. And so they always have a local church that um, supports them. Mm-hmm. And so on Sundays, that's where we went. Um, and so while I was there, you know, obviously studying, you know, the things that I would, you know, you know, doing for school, I would serve at the church, like with the kids and stuff like that. Okay. And so some of the ladies, that's, that's kind of where I started to see the call to ministry. Yeah. Was with some of these, these ladies that saw how I interacted. Because they saw not only was I just having fun with them, but I was, I somehow was incorporating whatever the story was, you know, yeah. the, whatever the Bible story that we had just read. Yeah. And they saw that I was doing that naturally. Well, and it takes a lot of patience to deal with children. <laughs> uh, it, it does, um, and I don't know where I get it. Yeah, I don't, <laughs> that I don't have. I can tell you that for a fact. Yeah, I, I don't know where I get it. It's interesting sometimes how God works yeah. in those areas because there's areas where I— I have moments where I, I want to blow up and there's moments where I blow up, you know, and vent as well. And, you know, and unfortunately that falls on the loved ones sometimes and then I have to apologize, but you know, that's just our sinful human nature. Yeah. But, but yeah, there, that's where I started to see like, and feel kind of a call to, to work at the church and not just work with kids. Like I, you know, as I was doing my program studies, I enjoyed the idea of, of going and working at like a rec center, um, and sharing with them and encouraging those kids, doing doing after-school programs with them and encouraging them in whatever it is that they might have going on. And so as I finished school, um, one, it was a little frustrating. Uh, I was, you know, I had prayed for a long time for uh, like a wife 
you know, that, that girl. Yeah. And so I was leaving Western and there were lots of girls that checked all the boxes. So I remember being frustrated with that, um, graduating, not knowing what the next step was. Um, and so I finished that second semester. Mm-hmm. I needed to do an internship. And so I was going to do that in the fall and then graduate in December. Um, and so I started to think, well, what's next? Um, and about that time, I did, started doing my internship. I was doing it at the city of Gastonia Parks and Rec. I was doing a, a really good job with that. And um, the director there was encouraging me to um, go to graduate school for recreation planning. Mm-hmm. He, he wanted me to come back and be the recreational planner for the city of Gastonia and help, help in that area. Um, which would have been really good money. And yeah. so that was very enticing. Um, but that was not the conviction that I had. Um, I was feeling very convicted about youth ministry and kids ministry and working with students and telling them about the gospel. And, and so I ended up receiving, don't remember what brought it about, but I ended up receiving information about Liberty University. Yeah. And so I started looking into Liberty. I applied um, and got into the seminary. Um, and so... Again, I was frustrated about the whole girl situation. I remember mm-hmm. praying about that, that, and that was another God thing, because I had watched my mom go through a pretty, pretty tough separation at about twelve or thirteen years old. I remember going into high school. Basically, this happened kind of the summer before I went into high school, um, and it being really, really hard on us and her, hard on her, um, going through that situation. And um, I remember asking God and, and you know, kind of telling God, I just want one person, you know, like I don't want the drama, you know, like I just want one person in my life. And, yeah. and so I was a little frustrated to know that there was a lot of girls that would have checked that box. And I remember telling my buddy, buddy Vince about that and saying, this is really frustrating. And, and we were praying about it and he was just telling me to, to let God have it. And then through that summer, like, I feel like that's what I did. I let God have that situation and kind of left it. And so I do my internship. I'm starting to look into Liberty. Get, you know, I get that, I'm getting that stuff lined up. And I come back to Western. And I have about two weeks where I'm just hanging out at Western. And I had actually talked to the campus pastor about maybe potentially coming on staff, you know, with campus outreach. And so I was just kind of filling that out, what that would look like, hanging mm-hmm. out with guys, getting to know them, sharing with them, encouraging them. Um, and during that time period, I had wanted to get some meal points for, you know, eating on campus and stuff like yeah. that. Um, and so I started asking around, and one of the people that said, you know, hey, I'll sell you some of my meal points, basically half, you know, 50 cent on a dollar, was Savannah, who's my wife now. And wow. so we, we ended up meeting one day, doing the meal point trade thing, um, and having lunch. Mm-hmm. And then it just kind of flourished from and that was probably first part of december to in january me asking her if she was ready to be in a relationship because she had just got out of an engagement in the summer oh wow yeah so she was engaged to another josh um and so that was that was a little interesting uh to go from one josh to the better josh better josh Um, absolutely better josh (laughs) um but yeah so a lot going on at that time but definitely seeing god move in those areas and you know really realizing when i turn it over to god that's when he really steps in that's when he really acts is when you fully just give it up and say all right god i'm gonna keep moving forward 
one step at a time, but I need you to open the right doors, close the right doors, put the right people in front of me and, yeah. and, and guard me from the wrong ones. And um, we started dating in January. Um, she was at Western, I was at home working. Work, I still stayed at the city of Gastonia working until I went to Liberty. But the, in the fall, I went to Liberty. Um, we had both just got off of mission trips. I had went to Brazil and she had went to South Africa. Um, and that was one thing I loved about her, that she wanted to, to tell other people about yeah. the Lord. And, um, and so our relationship was a little bit of a distance thing um, pretty much the entire time up until we got married because she was at school and finishing nursing and I didn't want to be a distraction for that. Yeah. Um, and I'm very thankful um, I had a guy at home. At, at, at that time I had a church at home. Um, First Baptist in Clover, love uh, Pastor Dave. He was the one who did my baptism and everything. And, and um, remember meeting up with uh, Mr. Westmoreland, and he would meet me every once in a while and kind of mentor me. And would, we would pray about these things that I had going on and the frustrations that I had, and just praying for mine and Savannah's relationship. And um, I was very thankful for. And I had met um, Mr. Westmoreland on our trip to Brazil. And so, like, you know, he was a part of that team. And so I had met him in the spring as we were preparing, and then we all went together. Yeah. And so, which was a wonderful trip. Like, it was very humbling. I encourage anybody that um, gets an opportunity to go serve. Oh, in, absolutely. In another country like that and to see, it, it will humble you. It, yeah. I, I, I've i been to South America twice um, on a mission trip to Guyana, and it is um, – uh, parts of it I, I think are considered a third world country or classified as third world so it is um yeah you always come back almost feeling bad for like the stuff that you have like yeah. and it uh, yeah, you're right it, it's very humbling and i would also recommend anyone do it if you have oh, yeah. the option yeah and I'll, I'll tell a quick story about that um trip in particular we we were me and savannah were praying because we were praying for her trip to south africa my trip to brazil um, my trip was a medical kind of mission. So we were mm -hmm. taking dentists and nurses. And so I, I just felt called to do it. It was something I was interested in. I was still young. I was getting ready to go off to school. And I really wanted that experience and that opportunity. And it felt like God was opening the door for that. And I had told Pastor Dave, he went on it with us. I said, I'll do whatever you want me to do. If it's carry boxes, if it's go door to door, like, yeah. I'm game. You just you place me where you feel the need, but I'm here to serve. You know, this trip's not about me. It's about telling people about Jesus. And um, I remember Savannah sharing a verse, it's, uh, Psalm 37, 4, where it says, Delight yourself in the Lord. He'll yeah. give you the desires of your heart, um, which is a very, very true statement. Mm -hmm. um, and so we, we were praying, and she asked me, she said, Josh, what, what would be one thing that you would get to, like, if you were able to do anything while you were there, what would it be? And I was, I was like, it's Brazil. I'm a soccer guy. I, I'd yeah. love to play some soccer with these kids. Because I knew that we were going to be in communities, like off the Amazon. Yeah, and they're all going to make you look like a fool. Oh, oh no, I was really good. Um, oh, okay, yeah, okay. <laughs> of course, I was 21, and they were like 10 and 12. So I just shoved them over and scored. Yeah, um, of course. But, no, the, the, yeah, the skill level in comparison, you know, to a 10 or 12-year-old here in the States is night and day. Yeah. I mean, their skill level, because it's all they play. Yeah. And, and that's what I love about the game of soccer is, is all you need is a ball. You know, like you, yeah. you, you could put a, a shoe down or a couple of sticks in the ground, make goals. You know, like you really only need something around to, to just play, mm -hmm. play. Um, but we, we pray that 
kind of prayer, and she was telling me about that verse. I still really didn't know what all I was going to be doing. Literally, landing in Brazil, I didn't have a, a, a clue um, what the plan for Josh was. <laughs> I just knew I was here to serve, and I knew we were going to be, you know, inviting people to come, you know, see the dentist, see the nurse, and all of that good stuff. And so I figured I'd be on that team. I figured I'd be carrying boxes. I was 21 years old. I, I you know, like I, I was by far the youngest guy on the trip, mm-hmm. and and so I, I just. You know, whatever you want from me, Lord, was my mentality. And at, honestly, at the point, I had forgotten about that Psalm 37, 4 verse. And um, we get on we get on the boat because we're going down the Amazon. Wow. Um, which is an interesting uh, trip in itself. We actually, yeah. we, we caravan and we actually hit a moped. Um, oh. And it was kind of a very frightening moment, but... We'll save that for another podcast, oh, I guess. But, uh, That's a whole story in but itself. But we're, we're, we're going down there. We get we get to the ship, we go to bed that night, and Pastor gets we get up the next morning and Pastor pulls me aside. He says, Josh, he says, everybody's getting their stuff. He said, I want to tell you what, you know, you're gonna be helping me and my wife um today. We're gonna basically do like a little one day VBS kind of thing with mm-hmm. the kids, some coloring pages. Um we've got a translator, we're gonna sing some songs with them. Um and I'm gonna, you know, tell them a Bible story. Um and then what you're gonna do other than kind of just handing stuff out and helping the kids with the coloring and things like that. Um, there's a box over there where you go grab it. I go grab it in the box. And I didn't even know this. Like we shipped it down there before. It was a box full of, uh, you know, uh, uninflated soccer balls oh, and pumps. And the, and the balls had, and it was intentional. The balls had different colors on them that represented different parts of the gospel. Wow. So every single day, I got to share the gospel with the kids and then take them outside and play soccer. And play soccer. Um, wow. But, yeah, and, of course, when you have a soccer ball in front of this group of kids that are it, very poor, mm-hmm. you know, many of them had, you know, they've seen a soccer ball like this, but they use it till it's completely worn out, and they share it. Um, and so we got to give the soccer ball to the local school teacher to keep and the pump. And so yeah. um, it was a gift from us to them. But, but, yeah, just to do that every single day was just such another God moment. You know, like looking back on that, like we were journaling one day while we were on the trip, and it triggered that verse. Delight yourself in me, and I'll give you the desires of your heart. Um, and if you truly delight yourself in the Lord, your desires are going to be God-centered. Um, but you joy, you're going to get that joy out of it. Um, and really enjoy that. And so, um, but back to my story after that, going to, to Liberty, um, which was another God thing, because Liberty is not a cheap school. No, um, it's not. And so uh, they had, I guess, had a freeze on their seminary students. And so, like, my first year of Liberty was probably half what the incoming freshmen were paying. Okay. And so, um, but I had to take on the full debt myself, which – that really helped my nerve, knowing that I didn't have almost thirty grand, but I think I had about twelve. Yeah, um, is what I had to borrow. But you know, being able to, to, I got placed in an apartment, so I had a good roommate there. Um, didn't really get to hang out a lot because I spent a lot of time in class and yeah. doing projects and things like that. Um, but uh, during that time, Sven and I got engaged um, over Christmas break. Oh, ring by spring, I see. Yeah. At Liberty. It's it's the Liberty way. Is it (laughs) ring by spring? Ring by spring. Um, But she was in her senior year, and so I had found this this girl, this this one that God had Mm. placed in my life, and I was very thankful for that, and I was like, well, I better lock her down. 
before yeah. I screw it up. Before you she know. finds another Josh. Well, before she realizes <laughs> how much of an idiot I am, and uh, you know, because I'm still an idiot to this day. But um, yeah, I don't know why she married me, but um, I'm thankful that she, you know, I don't know. I guess God blinded her eyes to, <laughs> you know, my faults. Um, but she said yes, and we got married in July, the following July. So mm-hmm. like. From the time we started dating to the time we got married, it was about a year and a half. Okay. And so very short, but very intentional. Like, yeah. And that was what we set in place from the start was we don't want to just date for the sake of dating. Yeah. Um, be, be intentional about it. Plus, we were both older, um, but she had graduated from nursing school. We decided that I would finish school online, which I was thankful because I had to take systematic theology. And I was dreading taking that in class. Yeah. Um, because I'd heard, you know, nothing against the professor, but you hear things about the professors that teach certain classes and mm-hmm. systematic theology. Everybody dreaded taking that class just because of what it was and then who was teaching, I guess. Yeah. Like, I never met him. Um, and so I didn't, I didn't have to take it that way. I took it yeah. online. And uh, uh, I think I eked by with, like, a low B. Um, so I was very grateful for that. But uh, we found out four months into – our marriage that we were pregnant with our first child oh, wow. uh, wasn't planning um, for that. And so, the, of course, that puts in, you know, a tough situation. And yeah. um, economy at the time was not great. And so we were we were still renting and everything at that time. But we, you know, with the grace of God and um, with, um, you know, family help from her side of the family and my side of the family, we, we made it through that portion because I'd never been around kids, you know, and so you, there's nothing to prepare you for kids. You, you, it's like learn on the fly really. Yeah. Um, and I had not had any training as far as like having cousins or family around that had, I'm an only child. So I didn't have any nieces or nephews that, you, you know, would give me any kind of idea what I was getting myself into. And mm-hmm. so, um, you know, like I said, the economy was tough at the time and it was really interesting because I had gotten a job working at a local uh, plant, um, packaging and helping build bearings um, in Marion, and that was through a um, temporary service. Mm-hmm. Um, and they made the mistake of letting me go for one week. Um, I think they had some other employees that they wanted to, to get out of the way, and so they let all of their temps go for a week. And the temp service sent me to the city of Marion for that week. And I worked, I worked in sanitation, so we were picking up street trash. Yeah. And so, um, and made that connection, um, and, and, you know, told the guy who I was and told him I had a degree. And, um, then I ended up saying, you know, I would stay here if, you you know, you could pay me this amount, which would match what the plant was. And he was like, I can't do it. And so I went back to the plant for a little while and I got a call one day from what would be my boss at the city. She worked in the planning department, and she said, hey, you you know, I don't know if you remember so-and-so, but he said, you know, you're looking for something more permanent than what you're doing now. Now would you be interested in, you know, being a a code enforcement zoning administrator position? And so I ended up taking that. It's a lot of words that I don't even know what they mean, but Um, it sounds like a big job. Basically, it's like a glorified police officer without the gun. Okay. Or, or a real badge. Um, code enforcement can be really interesting because you're basically telling people what to do with their property. Okay. And then zoning is, is along the same lines, like telling people how many parking spots they have to have for a certain business and mm-hmm. 
what kind of signs they can have for their business and, and things like that. And so um, I ended up doing that for nine years. But during the nine years, obviously, I f finished my uh, seminary degree um, about a week before our son Malachi was born in 2009. Wow. Yeah, in August. And um, thankful. Like, that was the goal. I wanted to be done um, and squeaked in the rest of my courses during that summer. Um, with a very pregnant wife, yeah. um, just so that I was, I would be done because we knew her working nights, me working, you know, my shift. It was going to be interesting, to say the least. But again, you know, right at, after he's born, not long after he's born, I get on at the city, so I'm working days. You know, I have insurance coverage. She has insurance coverage, so those things are working themselves out. Mm -hmm. um, and the economy's starting to turn to be a, you know, a little better. And, and things were improving there as well. Um, but yeah, I ended up spending nine years at the city of Marion, all the while applying for like youth jobs. Yeah. You know, looking online pretty much every week. Um, and I, I remember many times coming home frustrated because when you're telling people what to do with their property, they're typically not very happy with you. Yeah. Um, and uh, and so there, there would be some pretty tough days and I would come home and I'd have tears in my eyes um, asking Savannah, like, what am I doing? Like, I'm, I'm trying to find the position that God has for me. Like, I know that where I'm at is not where I belong. Um, and, of course, we're serving in our church and, and things like that. We're helping. And I, I'll get to that more in a minute. But, uh, you know, it was just one of those moments where I needed, I needed patience and I wasn't having it. And, um, but it was very tough to be there for nine years and there was nothing wrong with the job the, the people were fine the pay was fine um it's it just it i knew that that's not where i was supposed to be mm -hmm. and like i said all the while i was serving in the local church and we had started in a church and some things happened there that um we didn't necessarily agree with and so we moved to a church where um we were before we came to mountain view which was where my wife's father and mother my in-laws were leading the kids program my father-in-law right. is a um, youth pastor as well and he was leading that program and his wife was you know helping him run that program and so we started getting plugged in and I basically became kind of his assistant so like when he was out or he had to fill in on a like a Wednesday night for the pastor yeah um, I would cover the, the the you know the kids the youth um, and, and you know preach to them serve them um, and then helping him lead different trips, things like that. And then I ended up serving as a junior deacon for a couple of years before I left. And that, that was where I started to, and I think that's what really changed. They, they, somebody told, told me one day, it's like, all right, Josh, your, your time as a junior deacon's coming up. You need to think about whether or not you want to be a full deacon. Like, mm -hmm. you know, we need to talk about that. And he said, so start praying. <laughs> and, um, and I think that's where my prayer life really started to kick in because about that time, uh, my father-in-law, which I, I love dearly um, and, uh, you know, admire him so much. Um, and he had a, a, his father was fantastic as well, very much a prayer warrior. We had a discussion one day about prayer. And it was about all about the same time. Um, about how, and part of that discussion was we want to stop telling people that we're praying for them. We want to pray for them. Yeah. So, like, if you ask me to pray for you, I'm probably going to stop and we're going to pray. Yeah, um, and I have some interesting moments and stories about that too, too. Where oh, you're, oh, you're going to do it now? <laughs> yeah. yeah, and they look at you like, 
Oh, okay. Yeah, I mean, I want I want to know what the percentage of of uh, people who say they're going to pray for you and then actually do. I'd say it's very low. Yeah, I think so. I think we're so busy and we're we're so constantly on the move, um, and I and I'm subject to that myself. And that's what our discussion was about. Like, because at that time we had two kids. Um, we ended up um, about three and a half years later after having Malachi, we had our second son Elias. Mm-hmm. Um, and moved into our home we you know like i said the economy was getting better so we moved into our home but we you know being at the city for nine years we kind of come to this moment um you know where i'm talking with tony that's my father-in-law and we were having a discussion about prayer and just not and it kind of triggers us like well first thessalonians tells us to pray without ceasing yeah you know and i really started to kind of dig into what prayer was and and started looking at Jesus's example and the prayer wasn't me focused it was God focused Mm -hmm. Um, and a lot of our prayer at the time was me focused you know God you know God put me in the right job God give me a raise God help us get this house and um, it wasn't God you know one you know we weren't very thankful um, in our prayer life Um, and again there's scripture that supports us being thankful always and um, so we started talking about that and we're diving in that and we kind of started holding each other accountable for that mindset of we're going to we're going to be better prayers and and pray for people when they say it. And like I said, we you know, we've got some definitely some interesting stories, especially when we first started doing it, because, you, you know, it's kind of like preaching the first time. It's a little awkward. Yeah. You know, you're standing in front of everybody and stuff and um, giving your first sermon like that. Um, so the first couple of times it's like. All right, well, let's bow our heads, um, you know, and it's, it's, it's a lot of likes and ums. <laughs> yeah, a, a little bit. Uh, I think I've learned to um, nurture that a little bit in a way that, okay, well, I want to do that right now yeah. instead of waiting and forgetting. And I'll, I'll explain that to people. Yeah. Um, you want me to pray for you. Let, let me do that in this moment. I think that's great. And to and just say, hey, well, let's step aside right here over, uh, you know, like, um, cause scripture also talks about not praying to be boastful of yourself and out loud on the streets, stuff like that. Um, and so I never wanted that mentality either. Like I said, when we, when we did this, we started really looking at prayer a lot. Um, and so, um, and I started praying about the whole deacon thing yeah. and really started feeling convicted about Josh, this is not what I got for you. So all the feelings that I was sharing with Savannah, God was kind of saying to my heart, you're right, this is not what I have for you, but I need you to trust me, and I need you to, again, turn it over to me. Mm -hmm. So life had gotten really, really busy, and I had this big moment where I turned it over to God, this whole, like, wanting a wife, wanting a girlfriend thing, and then he worked in it, and, of course, our human nature, like, I kept trying to do things myself. Yeah. um, And was applying and stuff, and... So I, I turned over that idea, and I turned over this deacon thing to him, and um, he really just said to me, Josh, I have something else for you, and it's not here at this church. And so I made the decision to, to tell my father-in-law we're, we're leaving the church that you minister at, and that was a difficult conversation for me to bring up just because I knew that he enjoyed having us there. Both of his grandsons were there. We, you know, me and Savannah were there, and so... I was his helper, um, you know, like things were going pretty well. Mm-hmm. Um, and so let them know we 
um, at the time began to pray about where to go next, and I started looking online for local churches, um, and I found Mountain View. And I saw what Mountain View was doing. Um, we, we liked what I saw in the worship, uh, liked what I heard from the pastor, which was Pastor Brent, um, in his sermon, because they were putting that online. Um, and then they, they did missional stuff. Like we saw what the church itself was doing. You know, they were trying to be active in the community. They were um, going to Sourwood, handing out waters. Um, you know, we were doing a fall festival. We were, we were doing things um, in the community, and that intrigued me. We were also supportive of a church and a school in Nicaragua, and those things interested me. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I said, let's go to Mountain View. And I knew immediately that Mountain View, like, you just have that peace about it. Yeah. I knew that Mountain View was where I was supposed to be, but I, I didn't know exactly what I was supposed to do here. Because at the time, we started started here in October. And back in the spring, a youth pastor, a new youth pastor, had started. And so they had a, almost a brand new youth pastor. Pastor Brandon had not been here too terribly long um, himself. I think probably under five years at the time. And I remember being here... Telling Savannah, this is, this is where we're supposed to go. Yeah. Um, she needed a little bit more time um, for that to grow on her, um, and then finally, you know, she she said, "No, this is you're right. This is where we're supposed to yeah. be." And um, and it was interesting. We got here in October, and then by the following spring, that current youth pastor, um, we're sitting in Sunday, they're sitting in church service one Sunday morning. He announces that he is going back to Texas to do church plant, I believe is what it was at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, basically announced that he was he was leaving. Yeah. Um, and so we're sitting there and Savannah kind of nudges me. He's like, I think this is why we're <laughs> yeah. here. Yeah. And so I end up helping and I was like, okay, well, I, I got to go to prayer. Like I can't just, you, you know, like I've never been one to just kind of dive into things. Mm-hmm. Um, and so... Uh, through the summer, I started praying about it, and it was interesting because um, helping with VBS and a couple other things, um, you know, they still hadn't made a decision. I think he left in May, early June, and so through June, July, you know, like, I don't know, I guess maybe they were receiving resumes or something. Um, a couple of the people in the church said, hey, Josh, you should go talk to Pastor Brent about taking this position. And at the time, I had talked to Pastor Brent and told him I had a degree, told him I felt like I was here for, for a purpose, but I didn't know what that purpose was. Yeah. But I really hadn't told anybody else that I had that degree. I didn't advertise it. I, I wasn't leading on that I was, you know, capable of doing that or was yeah. looking for that. Um, and so I end up talking to him sometime in July, and he says, well, would you like to fill in during August? And so uh, the month of August, I filled in as the, you know, temporary volunteer youth leader. Mm-hmm. Um, and then through that portion, um, the decision was made for me to come on part-time. And so from September to December, I worked part-time at the city. I mean, part-time here at the church and full-time at the city. Um, wow. And then he came in to me in December and said, what's it going to take ha- to get you here full-time? And again, you know, it's just God working through the situation. At the time, Savannah's going back to school, um, getting her her degree to be a nurse educator. And so, mm-hmm. in December, she gets the nurse or she gets the job at the VA, 
which covers me like on insurance and everything. So I'm able to just leave the city and come here straight out in January. Yeah. And so, um, I, yeah, so January I start here full time and this coming January will be six years full time. Wow. Next month will be six years on staff. Um, total with the part time and so nice so we get, so we have to have a big celebration for uh, yeah, six years <laughs> there'll be something and it won't be your say and it won't be my say yeah yeah, yeah. nothing is ever my say um no, no. <laughs> um <laughs> I, I've, I've learned that through the years like i yeah. don't have much of a say yeah <laughs> and so i think i think what's really great about your your like story that i've heard is like it, it, I think it's the lesson that I had to, it was like the really hard lesson I had to learn when I went to college. And, you know, I ended up changing my major after like three years of an engineering degree. Um, and now I, you know, I study what I do for a job now and it, it's great. But what I had to learn is that when you try really hard to do things and because like you want them and you're like, okay, well, I'm going to try really hard to achieve this thing. Um, rarely does it really work out the way that you want it to um it's only ever once you do turn it over to god and like really start to pray for the right situations to come that's that's when it that's when it happens and it it, it, it almost happens like that without you even realizing it too yeah like the you know the whole situation with uh, running into the to savannah and it just being like oh she overheard that i, I think she overheard that i was looking for meal points yeah. Yeah. you know and she was like well i got some yeah, and it's you like, know that's such a dumb little thing but it, it, it yeah. worked out you know. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It worked out real good. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah. Two year, two kids. Fifteen years later. Yeah. Um, and so, but yeah. And here, you know, here I am, into year six. You know, lots of learning. Again, I think ministry Absolutely. is. I think you can go to seminary, and you can learn a lot. But I think the hands-on that you get. Oh yeah. I mean, there, there's nothing like really yeah. doing it yeah the, you know it's it's on the fly doing it the experience I think is what was key and I feel like looking back now there was a purpose in God waiting nine years mm-hmm. um, uh, for me to get into to full-time ministry um, because I did all of that volunteering and I and I stayed active in the church and um, learned a lot yeah you, you know like I learned how to basically write my own lessons instead of because I don't care to to buy curriculum i'm not against it or anything like that um but i don't i don't know i guess i'm old school and i think i get that from my grandfather a little bit because he didn't have internet (laughs) and so like um when he passed i got all of his books and stuff like that and looking at how he had to research and how he had to sit down and explore all of the different things that he could to help Mm -hmm. him write a sermon you know to write a lesson or, or whatever um really intrigues me and I really enjoy that portion of it just sitting down and allowing God to teach me through what I'm writing and not not just reciprocating what somebody else has already wrote down yeah. which I understand using curriculum is very helpful I've I've done it before um and I don't have anything against it at all like uh, you know everybody's situation is a little different um but I love the aspect of really studying what I'm teaching yeah um and so that, you know, I'm in into it in depth and, and get into it each week. And um, love being here at Mountain View. Um, wouldn't change the path at all. Yeah. I think in the moment we would change the path. Yeah. I um, think. But I think a lot of a lot of that 
looking back and saying God was working in the moments, mm. you know, is important. And uh, yeah, I think it really shows you to to sit back sometimes and even, you know, today, like trying to see what God's doing, even in, yeah. you know, in all moments, you know, good moments and bad, because um, we still have tough moments. Yeah. You know, you can be in ministry and it's still it's still tough days. Yeah. You know. And so even when you are doing that 30, you know, that Psalm 37, four mentality that delight yourself in the Lord, like that doesn't mean everything's going to be perfect. Yeah. Um, I mean, like in the moment, would I have wanted to like not waste three years of money and time doing an engineering degree? Probably not. But um, I generally am very, um, I like you, I'm very grateful for the path that I've been on and excited for where I can continue to go now because i mean now of being this is my first time on staff at a church so it's um it's been interesting for me welcome well. to the show thanks i really appreciate it. it's uh, i'm having a great i mean it's it's been great I've it's been, a lot like a comedy i think it is yeah <laughs> um uh, yeah i mean i've been here what now almost nine months so or almost eight months now, so. And it's been wild, hasn't it? It's been a wild eight months. It feels like it's been a lot longer than yeah, eight months. Yeah, I think I've been on staff for six, but I think I've aged 40. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so, no, it, no, nah, just, it, it's different. It is different. It's um, working in a secular world and working on staff somewhere, is, it's a different mentality. Absolutely. Different aspect. It is. Okay. Well, I want to thank you for coming on and telling your story. I very much appreciate Absolutely. it. I think um, you, you asked me whether I wanted the the twenty minute or the two minute, and I think we went over both of those. But I think it oh was, okay, I think it was well worth it. I think it was well worth. Uh, well, you can edit out all of the silly. Oh no no no! Junk. Absolutely, we're not we're not editing out nothing. <laughs> um, but again, thank you for coming on, and uh, um, for those of you listening, just um, be be looking out. We're gonna be putting out um, hopefully a new episode every week, and. We'll have some different staff members on, hopefully hearing some more. And uh, we'll definitely have Josh back on talking about some other stuff, um, probably dealing more with some youth-related topics Sounds that good I to know me. that we can get you on. So thank you for listening, and uh, we'll see you in the next episode.